0: Here's a message from Ken Lavica. There is only one thing the Dolphins could have been accused of that would have completely blown up Tom Brady's retirement day, and they did it. Legends Stone the Bannowitz hit the open. On your mark, get set, go.
1: You are listening to Ken Lavica Live,
2: presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Programs. Turn it up. Turn it up!
1: From the Anajar and Bean Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, it's Ken LaVeca Live on ESPN 1063.
0: Well, this is a new one. The allegation that the owner of an NFL franchise, was going to pay his coach extra to lose. You could have asked me for a list of 100 things yesterday the Dolphins were going to be accused of, and that would not have been one of the things that I brought up in 100 different guesses. Oh, this is thick. Ken Levick alive here on ESPN 106.3 with Jeanette Javier. She joins us Wednesday. She is here. She is in the flesh. And this is going to be a weird one on ESPN 106.3. Coming to you from the Anna John Levine Accident Attorney Studios, downtown West Palm Beach, Phillips Point Towers. Right off of the, thank God, increasingly warm, intracoastal Stone Labanowitz, Friday Night Lights. He's running things. Uh, So, I don't mean for this to come off as callous or insensitive, but when we're talking about the Brian Flores lawsuit, Jeanette, we already know that the league is broken when it comes to hiring in a diverse way. Of course. Diversity is broken. The fact that there's one, uh, one black head coach of 32 in the NFL, mm-hmm. it, it's proof. Mm -hmm. that the the system is broken. That is why, and I don't want people to take this the wrong way, but that is why I think the, the biggest focus, the most fascinating element of yesterday's lawsuit that Brian Dable filed against the NFL and against the Giants and the Broncos and the Dolphins is not the discussion about lack of diversity and sham interviews when it comes to people of color in the NFL. It's more that Stephen Ross owner of the Dolphins told Brian Flores he would pay him $100,000 per loss in the 2019 season. That, to me, is what needs to be focused on. Because we know the other side's broken. Mm-hmm. This thing seems big, right? It seems big and dark, and even if you're not a sports fan, you hear NFL owner offers coach money to lose, no matter the amount. Like That's, that's a little sketchy, right?
2: It's very shady, and it's not okay when you have the owner with the GM Top down, telling you, I'm going to give you a significant amount of money. You can make half a mil easily with your losses.
0: Yeah, it's you know what take. that it's it's called it's it's called I mean game fixing. That's fixing. That's that's illegal. People have gone to to jail for a significant amount of time for that. Uh, here's Brian Flores today, and he's made the rounds on national television, CBS this morning. Uh, he was on CNN because this is a legitimate news story.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: so he was on CNN and then he was on get up and I thought Mike Greenberg of all th- and this is probably not a surprise but of all three outlets Mike Greenberg did the best of of getting some of the intricacies and some of the the, the greater details the more minute details out of Brian Flores but this was Mike Greenberg asking Brian Flores about the claim in the lawsuit, the allegation that Stephen Ross had offered $100,000 per loss in the 2019 season in order to help the Dolphins draft position. to you quickly on that, though. I want to make sure I'm perfectly clear on what he was suggesting. I don't want to put words in your mouth. You were working too hard. You were, you were doing too much in the effort to win. He was trying to get you to do a little bit less and said, I'll give you $100,000 for every game exactly you
3: Exactly that. Um, that's just not in my DNA. That was never gonna happen. Um, so what did you say to him? Uh, that's never gonna happen. Um, I didn't come here. Like I'm always gonna try to win. That's just, that's, that's who I am. Um, and I owe that to the players in the locker room, but also the support staff that's, that's in the building um, who work extremely hard. If you've been in an NFL building, everyone in that his job is important. And they all, everyone works hard to try to get on the same page and move in the same direction. Um, and I felt like we were building that type of culture. So, too, um, I would never do that to, to them. You know? And, if, and at, at the end of the day, I think it was the reason why uh, I'm no longer there.
0: Now, I don't know any coach at any level of sports that gives a damn about competition. You don't get to that level unless you really give a damn account about competition. You've made it to that point because you've shown an acumen for winning and wanting to win and doing anything to win. It's very tough to find anybody who could be compromised at that level, at the professional level, in any sport, Mm -hmm. in the world, let alone in the NFL, that would say, you know what, maybe I'll think about it.
2: Nobody is a head coach without having that level of intensity.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and integrity for that matter. Like They'll cheat like Bill Belichick and deflate footballs and spy and things like that, but they're doing that to win. They're not going to purposely lose. Now, just a refresher. The Dolphins won five games in 2019. Won games that they had no business winning. Uh, they they lost in week 13 to the Bengals, which pretty much ensured that they weren't going to get the number one overall pick. And Joe Burrow was well on his way to Cincinnati then. Uh, so, just... just To refresh that part of everybody's memory, that was the season that Brian Flores is talking about when Stephen Ross floated the idea of $100,000 per loss. Uh, It is very sketchy. It is possibly illegal. This allegation is extremely, extremely serious. Okay? Now, I wanted to be clear, Jeanette. If I was a head coach in the NFL and I got offered $100,000 per loss, I'd be punting on first down. I would be (laughs) attempting... 82 yard field goals I would use up all of my timeouts without within 90 seconds of both halves like I would go for it okay but you want to know why because I'm sketchy
2: Yes, I was just saying you as yeah. a head coach already making millions. Yeah. yeah, why you don't have as great of a character as Brian Flores after that saying me?
0: I have terrible character. You,
2: you don't care about the people, the support uh-uh. system. You don't care about the boys in the uh-uh. locker room. No,
0: no, 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 no. It's all about me. Yeah, it's all about obviously. me. Obviously, Stone, I would be all in on the tank. Uh, give show me money, and that direct deposit better be hitting by 10 a.m. money Oh, I love it. Yeah. It makes you think a lot about Adam
4: Gase. I saw a few tweets floating around the other day about Adam Gase and if he was offered the same deal with the Dolphins because, you know, how bad he was and stuff like <laughs> yeah, that. I, I thought it was I, awesome.
0: But I don't think that the Jets then followed up uh, with $100,000 <laughs> per loss. He did, he did all of that himself. But that's, that, that speaks to this. Why did the Dolphins, and I was all in on them being terrible and getting the number one pick in 2019, but they couldn't even tank correctly. But part of the reason they couldn't tank correctly is because they went and fired Adam Gase. To bring in Brian Flores, a Belichick guy who is not going to be talked into losing. He was going to be the ultimate find-a-way. X's and O's grind away to a he win. He was
2: under Bill Belichick. Yeah. He has that system in him. you think he would have been like, oh, yeah, $100,000. $100,000 per game was probably nothing to him at that yeah. point.
0: And then if they started losing too much, he would just send a, a camera crew to opposing teams' press boxes to film them warming up. Like That's that's what Bill Belichick would do. Start deflating balls. Yeah, exactly. Um, but but also, then you went out and you signed the, the ultimate uh hard nosed, find a way to pull wins out of his ass, quarterback and Ryan Fitzpatrick. Why would they do that? They they wanted to tank, but their offseason was the worst job imaginable they could have done when trying to tank. So much so that it led to Stephen Ross having to float the idea. They should have acquired Josh Rosen, which they did, and played him all season long with Adam Coaches, the head coach. Forget Fitzpatrick, forget Brian Flores. If the Dolphins, if Stephen Ross really knew what he was doing as an owner, that's the route they would have taken. So that just shows the ineptitude of the Dolphins, is that they wanted to tank, and they couldn't even set up the tank correctly, let alone execute it. That's the worst part about this whole thing. That's what drives me more insane about the entire thing. But think about Stephen Ross's ownership, okay? I started covering the Dolphins in 2008 when Wayne Huizenga sold the team to Stephen Ross and made him the majority owner of the franchise. And what followed from there was... The celebrity orange carpet. He tried to make the Dolphins South Beach and Hollywood. And that's when Mark Anthony showed up. And Jennifer Lopez and Serena Williams and all of these celebrities. And they would walk an orange carpet. And they became minority owners. Gloria Uh, Stefan, Gloria Stefan, And they would do photo shoots. And they would uh, be in the suites at Dolphins games. And so that turned off some fans. I was fine with it. Whatever. He's trumping up publicity for the the Dolphins. That's fine.
2: Can we also make note of one thing that South Beach is about an hour away from the from Dolphin Stadium? By the way, I have to
0: drive down to South Beach Friday to go get my my bib and all that stuff for uh, the marathon, the Miami Marathon on Sunday, Uh and I'm just dreading, dreading going all the way down to South Beach just to get that, only to come back on a Friday afternoon. That's going to be miserable.
2: I wish you the best of luck.
0: Bright line. I feel you. I'm taking you. I was just about to say, why, yeah. why don't you take the bright line? Take the bright line. Take that lift over to the Miami Beach Convention Center. Come back in on the train. Boom. Job done. Uh, but then it was the Tony Sperano, Jim Harbaugh flirtation. <laughs> and Stephen Ross wanted Jim Harbaugh. And I don't blame him for wanting Jim Harbaugh. But then it was the awkward press conference and being forced to extend Tony Sperano when that all fell apart. and. The the loss of trust that Tony Sperano had in the owner, and that was that was the most awkward press conference I've ever been to in my entire life. With those three, those three Tony Sperano, Stephen Ross, Jeff Ireland sitting next to one another, neither and none of them wanting to make eye contact, none of them wanting to be there, and they're right there next to one another. That was a bad look on the Dolphins. That was a bad look. Uh, was the the uh, the thought right? Yeah, sure. Was the execution there? Absolutely not. So then, then there's Bullygate. And there's Richie Incognito, and uh, there is the allegations that uh, that that Richie Incognito forcing uh, a specific teammate into a depression because he wouldn't stop bullying him, and that was completely mishandled. And that was a big reason why Joe Philbin eventually lost any sort of relevance in that locker room and eventually had to be let go. So then Adam Gase comes in. And that's just—it started okay, and then was an increasing disaster. It was a bad hire from the start. Goodbye, Adam Gase. Then, then Brian Flores comes in. Brian Flores, who was—is a good hire. He's still a good hire. Mm-hmm. Good coach. Good coach. But constant turnover in his coaching staff. Uh, a, a an assistant coach who's dating a stripper who's doing coke in the office, in Davy, off of his desk and recording it and sending it to said stripper girlfriend. Uh, Brian Flores, who is firing offensive line coaches a week in a training camp off of, quote, feel, and then unceremoniously dumping Brian Flores, leading to Brian Flores revealing that Stephen Ross has uh, had tried to incentivize him $100,000 for a loss. Or four losses during the 2019 season. That's a lot of stuff. That's a lot of embarrassment. That's a lot of bad in the tenure of Stephen Ross. That's a telenovela. Owner. Yeah, absolutely. Not to mention, not to mention, since he became majority owner, count him one playoff appearance, one. Wow. One playoff appearance. I guess you could count the 2008 team that won the AFC East. He was a 51% majority owner at that point. Since he took full, full control, it's been one playoff appearance for the Dolphins. That's all you have to show for all of the drama that's taken place. Not to mention naming the stadium Landshark Stadium and then the awkward Jimmy Buffett concert that came on the day of the stadium naming, which was the weirdest Dolphins thing I've ever covered in my entire career. That was bizarre. He's done good things, though. I mean, Hard Rock Stadium, Jeanette, that's a great venue, right? It's awesome. I mean, he put up a lot of his own money. To make those improvements, it's beautiful. It's made Miami a sports hub once again. Super Bowl, College Football National Championship, an F1 race is headed there. It's the center of entertainment in South Florida. He's done good things, and he's competitive, and he wants to win. I respect Steven Ross for that. But God, ineptitude follows him as an owner. I think some of it's unlucky, but at this point, there's so much of it. Some of it has to be self-inflicted, right?
2: There seemed to be a trend with everything that you mentioned with what has happened with the Dolphins organization. It all seems to be about him. It all seems to be about what he's done and his decisions and where he's putting his money towards and how he feels about it. Like, Mm. obviously, he doesn't know how to run the thing properly.
0: And it's so weird because he is, his real estate company is ultra successful. Full disclosure, he owns the building we're in right now. He owns the building we're going to be moving to in several months in downtown West Palm Beach. He's all over. He is a billionaire in every sense of the word. He's a real estate magnate in every sense of the word. But that has not crossed over into running an NFL team, whether it's who he has in his front office, his loyalty to certain people, whether it be Jeff Ireland or now Chris Greer. Uh, He was a little bit too involved in football when he first took over as owner and finally realized, yeah, I actually don't know anything, and I'll leave it to people that know football, except they don't really appear to know football. It's problematic. No big signings have really worked out. They've only been to one playoff game, but he he does care. It's not like he's off in the distance and he visits the stadium once a year and then goes back to Europe and hangs out. No, 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 no. He is fully invested in the Dolphins, and he wants to win, and he's competitive, but he doesn't know how to get there, and he's brought on more or overseen more embarrassment than he has success. And I'm sure it drives him crazy, but I think it drives fans crazier.
2: He's not had a successful career as a Dolphins owner at all, I would say.
0: You'd say it's been a failure? Yeah. Uh, would you use the F word? Or both of them?
2: Yeah, I would, in this case. <laughs> Think about what you just said. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you, can, you can apply two F words to his mm, failure. Mm, yes. Failure, yes. Yes. Um, how would you best describe Stephen Ross's Dolphins ownership? I would say headache-inducing. And here's why for me. I am a defender. Of Steven Ross. Again, I like that he cares. And he's invested. And he's spent the money. And he's made the money available. And he's gone for it. He's gone for it. He's wanted to make a splash in free agency. He has said, hey, Mike Tannenbaum, go get Indomitian Sue. Go get Mike Wallace. Bring these guys in. You know what, Ocho Cinco? Maybe you have something for us. Excellent. But none of it has worked out. None of it. None of it. And... I don't know why, though. I don't know why he's so unlucky. But I do know that it has been over a decade now, and we're still having embarrassing, like, main news cycle stories come out about the Dolphins. These aren't small, minor things. We have an allegation that Stephen Ross offered Brian Flores $100,000 per game to lose.
2: I don't think that he's unlucky. I think he's just bad.
0: He could be bad. But, th- but I'm torn, because you can be bad, but also really care. And there's a lot of owners that get lucky, and they don't care, and this is just a toy to them, owning a team. And they stand back and eh, whatever. No, Stephen Ross is invested in this damn thing Absolutely. so much
2: that he's willing to pay for them to lose.
0: Yes, to get the number one pick. And you know what? Me, deep down, meatball me, I'm like, ah, you know what? Stephen Ross really meant it when he wanted that number one pick. Good for him. But also, I have one little single shred of integrity that lives behind my left kidney, and that uh, that's the part that's that. You just can't do that. So
2: I'm on the integrity part here. Yeah, which is shocking. (laughs) Javier on the integrity side is is stunning. Because why would you bring somebody in like Brian Flores if you don't want to win?
0: Right, right. That was dumb. Now, actually, let me read you uh, this this Evan Cohen text. And by the way, eleven fifty five, five fifty every day here on uh, ESPN 1063. But this Evan text is perfect, and it's exactly what you just insinuated. Let's find a man of principle who came from nothing, made himself into something, who spent a decade with a team that tried to go 16-0 and every year and give him a quarterback that's the ultimate gamer and then try to pay him to lose and ask him to illegally try to steal a quarterback from his old team. Yep, that sums up the idiocy of what happened in 2019 because the other part of this is that Stephen Ross tricked Brian Flores into coming to a yacht for lunch because he knew that what appears to be Tom Brady was going to be there and he wanted Brian Flores to tamper with Tom Brady and talk him into coming to the Dolphins because they knew free agency was coming up. But that's that's what I'm saying. It's bad execution, it's clunky, it's incompetent, but Stephen Ross gives a damn.
4: He gives a damn. If you put it like that, it really puts it into perspective. And, and and I this is all joking, but I mean Flores is really not the guy to play with. This is really not the guy to do it with the Patriot way. You gotta think maybe hit, no, Bill, Bill, maybe yeah. hit Bill Belichick up, like, hey, let's blow this thing up. Tom Brady, you go ahead and retire. Me and Bill are gonna drop these text messages. Let's shake the room.
0: Yeah. But it's 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 headache inducing because I want to defend Stephen Ross. Because I believe he wants to win. But also, bro, you gotta do something right at some point. <laughs> like something, anything. And it's not just it's not just controversy. The Dolphins, when they get into controversy, it's doing coke off a table. It's Richie Incognito bullying teammates to the point of leaving the team. It's national news! It's offering your coach $100,000 allegedly to lose! Which I think is the
4: biggest thing to ha- Like. A decade. This is this is monumental. This oh, is
0: I, I mean, the insinuation, if it's true, if there's indeed a paper trail, we'll talk about that because I'm not so sure, but this is like Black Sox, 1919 Black Sox scandal. I was going to ask, when
4: was the last time you remember an owner being legitimately banned yeah. from their but, league?
0: Except it's not It's not gamblers that have gotten to a player. It's not the Arizona State scandal. It's the
2: owner of the it's team. the owner. And I'm so shocked hearing about this and how you guys just keep continuing on the comparison and this, this, and that. How you're still defending the man.
0: It, <laughs> because there's so many owners that don't care. That don't care. That don't go for it. Stephen Ross is going for it. He's trying to be forceful. But you know what the problem is? In real estate, you can strong arm a lot of people. And you can make people do what you want. He's
2: not a good owner. But he
0: tries to run the dolphins like a real estate magnet. You can't do that. And that's the problem. Is somebody going to expose Jerry? Jerry, Jerry Jones, Jones? Jerry, oh, Jerry Jones. Jones, infallible. He can't. He, there's no way. He runs all the owners. He could. Jerry Jones could murder a man in his office, and the owners are going to line up and say, oh, "I was self defense." He's fine. He's fine. fine. Everything's good. Everything's good. And Jerry Jones <laughs> is going to say, "I believe in Dak." How would you best describe Stephen Ross's Dolphins ownership? Yes, there's a big conversation to be had about the lack of diversity in the coaching ranks in the NFL, and it's legitimate, and it's meaningful, and it is a problem. That is fact. But. Here with Stephen Ross, with the Dolphins in South Florida, the bigger discussion is an owner of the the Proud Dolphins, according to Brian Flores, offered him money to lose. How would you best describe Stephen Ross's Dolphins ownership? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. You can tweet at us at KLV1063. How would you best describe Stephen Ross's Dolphins ownership? Scott is in Jupiter. Scott's on Ken Levick Alive. What's going on, Scott?
5: Hey, Ken, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Hey, um, you know, you opened the show with a comment about the warmth down by the uh, Intercoastal there by Phillips Point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The thing that's always confused me as a, as a lifelong Dolphin fan is, one, we can't get free agents to come down here to save our lives, which I don't understand because we all talk about it being paradise, but yet we can't get any uh, – players to come down here that's that's my first point and secondly you know it takes more than one person to commit conspiracy and the idea that an offensive coordinator a defensive coordinator a special teams coordinator all these guys that work for the head coach mm-hmm. flores you're going to tell me that he had the power to manipulate right. and tell every one of those coaches that they're going to throw a game. To get a draft pick. Yep. I just, I find that hard to be, that's not conceivable to me. And
0: this is where, th- this, this is why uh, on CNN today, Brian Flores' lawyer said they had tangible proof of the request to lose with $100,000 on the line per loss. And, and on okay. Get Up with Mike Greenberg, uh, Brian Flores said, and this is this is me paraphrasing. He said, "Go take a flight. Go take a vacation. Hundred thousand dollars per loss. Like adding that part. Like, oh, go take a flight. Go take a vacation. That almost suggests to me that Stephen Ross was like lighthearted joking about the entire thing. But that also speaks to why even go to that place with your new head coach that you know is a no-nonsense." Patriots guy, things could be misconstrued. I know you want to be buddy buddy, but as the owner of a team, I get joking, and it's fine. But that's such a stupid thing to joke about, and now it's coming back to bite him in the ass.
5: Yeah, and all the other coaches. What's your thought? How many? How many coaches are on a on a? Professional NFL coaching squad team, whatever you want to call it. How many coaches are there on Oh, average?
0: God. We're probably talking, what, 14, Stone? I was going to say 15, Yeah, 14, 18. 15 coaches and an assistant coaching staff depends on the team, depends on the amount of assistance. But yeah, it's a significant amount that it would almost be impossible to permeate that entire coaching staff in the latch. This isn't like Major League. Yeah. Yeah. No, right, I right. And, and I agree okay. with you. I'm with you, Scott, and that's why it's it's almost impossible to to tank, the way to tank in the NFL is to have the worst roster possible. The Dolphins did have the worst roster possible except they signed Ryan Fitzpatrick. Why would they do that if they truly wanted to lose every single game? They wanted to lose every game. Why did they sign Ryan Fitzpatrick? To keep the fans. I mean, the fans no, don't. Who you can, can, no. You can still keep the fans you know brought, the, the You know what it brought the fans back? Joe Burrow. But Joe think- Burrow would have brought the fans back.
2: If you're paying to lose games, why would you bring Ryan Fitzpatrick? Why would you bring Brian Flores?
4: Yeah. No doubt. You would
2: bring more fans to the point. Show me Josh Rosen. Yeah,
0: like show me Josh Rosen that year
4: we got to rank the conspiracies because now i'm behind the yours that you mentioned that he might have been joking. Now well, no, obviously I think he no. was joking. No,
2: i don't think so. At really? All. I
4: mean i don't think he was either like Brian Flores obviously brought this to the no. table because there's some truth to it but at the same time i'm sure those are comments owners make all of the time like Jaguars,
0: my Dolphins,
4: like all so, the uh, teams. So
0: that's another thing. How many times because Hugh Jackson with the Browns. Right is alleging as well that there was money to be made off of Brown's losses when he was there. He was part of an 0-16 season. How often would something like this happen?
2: Why would you go after the NFL in the class action lawsuit if you think it was based off of a joke?
0: Because you're frustrated with the entire hiring process, and that's just another element to put into the lawsuit to raise questions about how you were treated. I'm not saying that no. Brian Flores is coming off as vindictive. What I'm saying is that if you're, if you were unfairly fired, you believe you were unfairly fired. And I think a majority of NFL people would say Brian Flores was unfairly fired Agreed. and you feel like you've been done wrong in the next hiring process where you've been labeled the best coaching candidate available and you're gonna file a class action lawsuit, why wouldn't you include oh yeah, by the way, offhand or not, in two thousand nineteen, the owner of the team I was working for, uh, he he said that he would pay me hundred thousand dollars per loss. Why wouldn't you put that in there?
2: We could agree that Brian Flores is a very strong minded yeah. guy.
0: Yeah. Right? Very much so. To a to a detriment. You think.
2: don't think that if he were if he if he knew he was going to face the NFL and the big stage in front of everybody, and it was going to be the biggest story in the world. You, you wouldn't have his p's and q's ready to go if he if, if he came to the NFL thinking that this was a joke. Mm-hmm. Number one, his argument wouldn't be as strong; like he wouldn't have as strong as a foundation. And he would like he's he's doing this very serious. He's very passionate about this.
0: I I here's here's what I think happened. They wanted to provide a little extra oomph to the lawsuit, okay? And so you put that in there. It's got us talking about it here in South Florida. The, the main idea is the the unfair diversity hiring practices in the NFL, but you add on to it so that it grabs more attention, grabs more eyeballs. Oh, yeah, by the way, the owner, joking or not, said he'd pay me $100,000 like $1 per today, law. Ken. Like, I like I'm just you saying. I don't, I like don't think you. that's no. conspiracy theory. I think that I, that is the way in which you do gain more attention it's to, to be thrown like out that. there,
4: But I have somebody on hold who works for ESPN, big-time insider, and I think we need to listen to what they have to say. Okay. Talk to us, Dino. Man, listen here. I normally don't listen to your show because your show is terrible,
1: Ken. (laughs) But I was listening, and I said, man, let me chime in real fast. First off, he said that he was offered the money. Now, whether he was able to execute it and get the whole staff behind him, that wasn't what he was claiming that he did it. He said he was offered the money, and that was his claim. Secondly, I already put my application in for the NFL to see if I could be a head coach. Now, if they don't hire me, then I'm sure that he's got a real uh,
0: case because they didn't hire me neither. So that's all I had to say for you, dumb Ken. All right. Well, thank you. I like Dean, the angry sports talk radio caller. Very nice. And Dean, are you going to jump on the class action lawsuit with Brian Flores now that you haven't been hired? Yeah, now that I haven't been
1: hired, I'm jumping in on the class action lawsuit because they don't hire black people. They didn't hire me. I put in my application. <laughs> They didn't hire me. You can check my Google records. I looked up how to get hired in the NFL. And yeah, they didn't hire me. But all I'm saying is just listen to Josh Cohen and the home team. We're going to be on from 4 to 6 today. And you're going to hear more nonsense from me.
0: (laughs) Dino, appreciate it. Dean Thomas, Josh Cohen of the home team. Again, 4 o'clock today. Uh, Dean, severely underqualified to become an NFL head coach. Uh, how would you best describe Stephen <laughs> Ross's Dolphins ownership? I think it's headache-inducing because he goes for it. I support him from that standpoint, but every time he slips up, it's a national scandal. How would you best describe Stephen Ross's Dolphins ownership? Jeanette says, uh, two F words, mm, failure. 888-760-3776, 888 760 3776 and uh, you can tweet at us at KLV1063. Ken Levick-A-Lot presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. FAU.edu slash MBA Sport. There's nothing to fix here. This is the real deal. You get the MBA in sport management at Florida Atlantic. You are on to the sports industry. Big good thing things. There is uh, no in-between here. They're always going forward and they always do it the right way unlike Stephen Ross who is just tripping over his own two feet almost at all times. The FAU MBA Sport Management Program, Dr. Jim Reardon the man in charge, yeah he absolutely has everything on lock. FAU.edu slash MBA Sport. Sign up for summer semester classes, fall semester classes FAU.edu slash MBA Sport internationally renowned for the right reasons. The FAU MBA sport management program how would you best describe steven ross's dolphins ownership 888-760-3776 888-760-3776 and on twitter at klv 1063 Jeanette Javier Wednesday I'm Ken Levick I'm live on ESPN 1063 you are listening to Ken Levick Live on ESPN 1063 here's Ken Levicka Ooh. All right, Jeanette, let's just go through pros and cons real quick before we get to uh, more calls and Pat Lawler, our sports agent, sports law insider from Lawler and Associates Personal Injury Attorneys. Uh, the, the pros of Stephen Ross's ownership and the cons of Stephen Ross's ownership. Okay, pros, uh, this, uh, Hard Rock Stadium with a lot of his own money is gorgeous. It's a palace. That remodel is one of the best stadium remodels I've ever seen. It's now a a 1A Super Bowl venue, national championship college football venue, international soccer venue. He's invested so much into South Florida as an entertainment hub. That in and of itself, that's important not just to the Dolphins, but to the entire region. That's definitely a pro, correct? Yes. Okay. Also a pro. He is an owner that is hands-on, but not like Jerry Jones hands-on, who is making player acquisitions and... Is, is is doing weekly radio shows and injecting his opinion and creating controversy and drama. He's a hands-on owner in the, the fact that he is up-to-date with what's going on on a day-to-day basis, and he cares, and he's competitive, so much so that maybe he toes the line of what's appropriate and not appropriate. But you know what? I'm all for that because I want an owner who actually cares and doesn't treat his team as simply a possession to have. Is that enough of a pro? It's good. Okay. I also think that he is the owner that was most vocal when it came to talking about uh, some of the, uh, the, the racial issues in this country, especially the ones that gripped us last summer, two summers ago. He was the most vocal, the most willing to put himself out there. He was the biggest asset to the black NFL players. Stone, would you argue that that is a good pro for Steven Ross? No doubt about it. Okay. Of course. That's where it ends, though. Yeah. Three. You but, got three but, pros. but again, that that makes him that makes him different than many other owners, which I appreciate. Putting his own money into a stadium, standing up for his black players more often than not, and uh someone that legitimately cares about whether or not his team's gonna win. Good. All good. And make him different than a lot of owners, okay? Three pros. Then there's the cons. Those are big pros, but here's the cons. The lack of playoff appearances. The team that can't get over the hump consistently finishes 500. The hire of Joe Philbin. Bullygate and how the organization handled that with Richie Incognito and Jonathan Martin. Adam Gase, that entire situation was bad. Brian Flores bringing in a guy who, yes, he's a good coach, Belichick disciple, but he had bad taste in assistants. Coke snorting, going through assistance on a year-to-year basis. Uh, No strengths, really, on the offensive side of the ball. No, no, absolutely. Uh, Hiring people that maybe just cannot get the job done in high front office positions his entire tenure as the owner of the Dolphins, those things add up. And when things go bad with the Dolphins, when they go wrong with the Dolphins, They go really wrong to the point where it's a national scandal. And then, of course, how he handled Tony Sperano, Jim Harbaugh, and that entire mess very early on in his tenure. So that's why, for me, when I describe Stephen Ross's Dolphins ownership, I think it's headache-inducing. Because he cares, and he wants to win, but the execution is horrific. I mean, it's a nightmare. That's what makes it headache-inducing. And, Jeanette, you were pretty to the point in your assessment of, of Stephen Ross's Dolphins owner.
2: I am looking at. The, I wrote down your pros and cons here. Uh huh. You have three pros. Yep. Eight cons <laughs> that you just listed off from the top of your head.
0: I do like that, Jeanette. Jeanette was pretty cut and dry. Uh, F word failure. That is. Uh, <laughs> that that's that's how you describe Stephen Ross's Dolphins ownership. How would you best describe Stephen Ross's Dolphins ownership? Eight 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 seven six zero three seven seven six. Eight 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 seven six zero three seven seven six. We'll get to Pat Lawler in just a second, but I do want to bring in Leo in Riviera Beach. What's up, Leo?
1: Hey guys. Thanks for taking my call. Um I just I my my word or words to describe it is a sideshow. Um just as a huge Dolphins fan, I didn't like personally when Steven Ross um started trying to become more of a sideshow than a football team. So I'll explain. So in twenty ten or whatever, he made Club Live at yeah. the stadium. Yeah. He he brought in all the owners. I'm not saying it's wrong to have diversity and ownership. That is great, to have diversity and ownership. But when it's like Gloria Stefan, Mark Anthony, it, yeah. just, it just felt too like pandering to the Miami culture. And I felt like it was a sideshow. It's like, are you a football team? Would the Steelers ever have a club in their stadium? I don't think so. Uh, clubs would don't the Patriots exist in ever have really like a club in their stadium? I don't think so. The Cowboys would, yeah. but they're the sideshow. Yeah. So I just feel like the, the Dolphins... One thing after another with Steven Ross, it wasn't it wasn't really like genuine because if you if you to talk about his upgrades to the stadium, all those uh, I looked it up and all the money that he spent on the stadium upgrades were actually is actually fully tax deductible, so he saved money. He didn't he didn't have to spend any of that money because it was fully tax deductible and he got tax credits for. So it didn't really it wasn't really like a a good move by him, in my opinion. Yeah, the, the upgrades were great.
0: Well, I appreciate
1: awesome.
0: the fact I that i I love the new stadium. Yeah, and Leo, I appreciate the call. I want to get to Pat here in a second. I, I don't care how much he got subsidized for that. I, again, he's a he's a business genius, and he knows how to make money, even when he's spending money, so I'm fine with that. He He has made the experience better for everybody in South Florida. Okay, I think we can agree on that.
2: Yes, and I'm also fine with bringing something like live to the Hard Rock Stadium. I can't
0: tell you how many in my time covering the Dolphins – how many girls in white dresses and stilettos walked out of that thing in the third quarter at like three in the afternoon with a puke on the bottom of their dresses? Hello. On that note, <laughs> hello. <laughs> Let's bring in Pat Lawler, Lawler & Associates, personal injury attorneys. He's our sports agent and sports law insider. Lawler & Associates, personal injury attorneys. Pat spent a long time as an NFL agent. Patrick Peterson, Tyron Matthew, just a couple of his clients, and he joins us here on Ken Live. Alive. Uh, all right, so, so, so Pat, I want to... Straight up, and I know you're a South Florida guy, you like the dolphins an awful lot. Let's just start with this before we dive into the Brian Flores lawsuit because I really need you to flex your law muscle here, but how would you best describe the dolphins' ownership of Stephen Ross?
3: Uh, how would I describe it? I wouldn't call it a failure but I think he's always tried to get a winner. I would call it for lack of a really harsh word clumsy.
0: yeah, that's <laughs> a great all, word to all the it, it.
3: yeah. Yeah, clumsy and everything they've done uh, in terms of, uh, and that that's the same thing for a lot of teams. Out, let's let's be real. Uh, NFL is a difficult place to win. Uh, the only ones winning, and the owners are billionaires, and it, that's the way it is. I mean, look at the potential sale of the Broncos. But I would say clumsy, and it's it. This is this is what's happened in this lawsuit. Is not clumsy. It's gotten to be dangerous, to be honest.
0: All right, so let's let's dive into this. Why don't we start because we've been talking more about the. offer per loss in 2019 before we get into the accidental Belichick text and the Giants and the Broncos and this entire thing when it comes to diversity hiring. The significance of the accusation that Stephen Ross uh, may have offered $100,000 per loss to Brian Flores in 2019 in a lawsuit that's class action and focuses on diversity hires, where does this fit in and how much weight do you think it has in the lawsuit?
3: Well, class action, I won't get into the ease of class action, but I think it's a situation which talks about the uh, areas of what a owner or teams will do to get a higher draft pick and ask a, a high-end executive, IA coach, to do. Uh, I think that's going to be his big, biggest downfall. I mean, they're talking about potentially you know, some type of tampering with Brady, but I think asking your coach to take losses and paying them for it it could potentially be his downfall among other things uh in uh, the lawsuit in general i think it's just another bad move that's brought up by ross to uh try and manipulate flores and other people in the organization
0: um you have spent a lot of time around front offices and dealt with a lot of front offices in your time as an nfl agent do you think it's unheard of for an owner to offer incentive to a head coach to lose and get a better draft position
3: um out in the open, no. I think it, it, it depends. I think it also depends on who potentially the first, first pick will be yeah. down low there in terms of we all know that they may hit or miss. Some are de- definitely exact hits. But it, I'm sure there's certain ways they could do it, but, of course, uh, anything. You pay them incentives to win, um, incentives to lose, I'm somebody that hates losing. Mm-hmm. So I don't think I could ever do that because I have to live in my conscience of losing a case. It's almost being like a Judas and a traitor to the organization. And when it comes from the guy who owns a team, how disrespectful it is to everybody working their ass off yeah. From the person parking cars to the person throwing the football.
0: There's only been one small statement from the Dolphins, and uh, they say, and it was one sentence in that statement, we didn't do anything that harmed the integrity of the game. I, I personally mm. don't think there's a paper trail. And I think Brian Flores is going to have a very hard time proving this. If there's somehow something that was written up or something caught on tape or something that proves that that offer was made, whether it's in jest or not, could it endanger the ownership of Stephen Ross, potentially?
3: It could, definitely. I mean, there's multiple things there that, uh, to get to the big picture, Ken, I mean, everybody here is talking about this, the big picture what's going on in our country right now. and I'm not going off the, the edge here, but the fact is that you look at everything going on in terms of affirmative action, WOKE. Supreme Court nomination. Now, this lawsuit, uh, everything dealing with the stuff with Kenny Stills, with Ross mm-hmm. hosting a party for Trump. And then, you know, remember Brian Flores is the one because he also still bitched about uh, Jay Z music. Yeah. Flores played Jay Z music during the practice. Right. and Three days later, Stills was gone. Right, right. I mean, so people forgot about that, that he stuck up for his owner. And what's going on is this, this lawsuit, if you read it and know the attorneys involved, is going to be a huge. Huge thorn in in Ross's side, particularly Ross and the NFL. So like, I don't see him getting through it. I don't see him getting through it. To be so, honest.
0: you think this could lead to the demise of Stephen Ross's Dolphins owner?
3: I do. Yes. Pat Lawler. Where would you have? Where would you have a, a a a coach, a head coach of an NFL team, go off the edge like this? Yeah. Think about that. Yeah. He is That's giving up. You, Ka- 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 Kaepernick did what he did because he, he wanted to. uh You know. Draw attention to um, you know black lives and but but uh, you mess with the wrong Brooklyn guy. I'm telling you, yeah, these, this guy is he's willing to give up his career in the NFL to bring this out.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. The fact that a still a guy who's a top coaching candidate has filed this lawsuit with very serious accusations, there is some, there is some weight that, that, that should be attached to that. Pat Lawler, Lawler & Associates, personal injury attorneys. They have your back in any personal injury matter, including slip and fall, automobile accident, boating accident, motorcycle accident. Wanttolawyerup.com, free consultation. Wanttolawyerup.com, decades of trial experience. That's Lawler & Associates, personal injury attorneys. All right, let's dig in here on the Giants specifically, because... because... Because this is where the cringy, I mean, I can't even imagine the Bill Belichick text exchange with Brian Flores where uh, Brian Flores uh, was on the wrong end of a mistaken entry in the contact list of Bill Belichick's phone or Bill Belichick got bad information and thought he was congratulating Flores and then misread the information that was delivered to him. Either way, it's cringy, it's heartbreaking, it makes you feel bad for Brian Flores. If the Giants had already made the decision on Day and three days later, as Brian Flores is accusing, they still had the interview lined up for him, what does this mean for the Giants, and why, uh, it seemed like they had already interviewed minority candidates, why would the Giants go ahead with this interview? What what happened here?
3: Um, I think uh, Bill Belichick uh, summed it up in the first line of lawsuit. Sorry, Dash, I effed this up. That should be the Giants thing. Uh, that you know, they did. Uh, it's two things on the Giants. One, um, their argument was still 11th hour and they hadn't made the decision. Uh, that'll come up in this lawsuit. They're going to get all the documentation. I believe there will be documentation through the personnel executives at the, at the Giants that they already made a decision on Dable. Um, the, the saving grace graces say, yeah, well, Dable's our guy, but let's at least give the time to mm-hmm. Flores. I doubt there's going to be something like that there. I mean, Belichick thing kind of. This is like sending your text to the wrong
0: uh, ex girlfriend, yep. you know. Yeah, for the <laughs> side piece. Yeah, exactly. I get oh my god! It's like <laughs> it does. So the Giants, how significant of trouble do you think they could get in here? Do you think there's ultimately going to be enough there? Even with the documentation that you mentioned, couldn't the Giants? You're right. Just say, hey, we were really confident about Dable, but we wanted to give Brian Flores the opportunity to get in here and talk to us.
3: I think they're going to use that. Everybody, I think we're all going to know that it's, it's a joke and it's not true. But I think they'll get off because of that. But it also depends on what's out there, and it's disappointing because obviously the mayor and the Rooney family are very tight. And I didn't realize so I read the lawsuit. There's never been a, a minority head coach of the Giants oh, yeah, in their entire yeah.
0: history. No, nope, none, none. But yeah. Very,
3: very, very. Yes. Yeah, and they've had yeah. three
0: coaches since 2016. So man, they're choosing them extremely well. That uh, that 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 tact that they're using is really working exceptionally. Um, now for the. Broncos. So Brian Flores says in 2019 he went out to Colorado. They met at a resort, uh, and uh, the uh, John Elway showed up an hour late with the executive vice president of football operations and they were disheveled and appeared as if they had been drinking heavily the night before now the broncos have put out a statement and said no we had five executives there it started on time we have the documentation now what the broncos don't say in that is that john elway was i mean they don't mention him as one of the five executives who were actually there as the meeting was starting so it's a little bit of they said they said with this uh brian flores called it a sham interview does this have legs from a legal perspective
3: I don't think it has legs from a legal perspective. I think it has legs for the the attitude towards these teams in, in, in following the Rooney rule. Okay. I think it has legs to show that some of these people are put into positions, uh, you know, have their mind made up and just go through the motions and in interviewing people. I had the opportunity with Patrick Peterson to sit down with John Elway and their uh, the GM and, and Fox when he was a coach of the Broncos here in Boca for Patrick Peterson. Um you know, At that time, I found them to be very professional. But hey, the fact is, is does, does it surprise me that people come hungover to meetings? No. <laughs> Will it be a legal uh, uh, issue for the team? I don't think so. I, I think it makes them look really bad. What I'm interested, Ken, to look out with is how many other potential coaches at all position, uh-huh. OCDC head coach, went through the same thing, and who's going to come out and back up Flores?
0: And Flores' lawyers today said there are going to be coaches they're going to jump on eventually. And Hugh Jackson, a representative of his, was tweeting today that uh, he, he was offered money or benefit, as were members of the Browns front office, to, to back-to-back years have bad records, including the 0-16 season. So, yeah, it, it, there's going to need to be more legs involved in this. But ultimately, just your gut feel. As a lawyer, as someone who's looked at this lawsuit, whether it be Ross and the Dolphins or the Broncos and Giants or the NFL, which one's going to pay the most penance when it comes to this lawsuit, if any?
3: Uh, Steven Ross. I think he has some serious issues going on between the potential payments, between the tampering, uh, just the way it went down. And I also heard that he wanted to fire... Uh, Greer, but didn't want to fire two uh, black uh, executives at the same time, whether that's true. These are very aggressive lawyers. Let me get it straight. This is a very intense lawsuit, uh, and it's hitting on an issue that couldn't be hotter uh, than anything we've seen in years. And if these guys take this to the limit uh, and not just looking for financial compensation, but looking to bring out the facts and change the culture, that will happen. If they don't, it'll be uh, business as usual.
0: So uh, this is going to be fascinating, and we'll talk again on Friday, Pat, and I, I wonder if we're going to have anything that is is um, that, that that is more clear. Now, these lawyers, they they represented the victims of Harvey Weinstein, at least a couple of them, right?
3: Yeah, they had Harvey Weinstein. They had uh, multiple employment issues. you got a combination of a trial lawyer and also an employment lawyer. Got it. And uh, they're filing in the, the Southern District of New York is the place to file these types of actions uh that's where they get jurisdiction up there that's where all hell breaks loose in lawsuits you see anything that comes out of significance in this country uh they come out of the southern district of new york federal court and and you're going to see it happen in this case
0: real quick let me just tap into your sports agent uh portion of your brain for a second brian flores has he torpedoed his coaching career or do you still think that saints texans they could still hire him is there some benefit to Brian Flores getting out in front of this on national television today and doing what he's doing?
3: Yes, you always want to be in front of it and lay your foundation. I didn't see his interview. Uh, I'd be hard-pressed to say a team's going to hire him at this time. Um, I think down the road there may be some changes. Uh, He may look to a college situation. Um, But I think right now he's just too hot of an issue with this lawsuit. And I think there's probably something he agreed to with his lawyers that he wouldn't take the coaching job at this time hmm. so he could have at least a year, to, a year to pursue this case aggressively.
0: Pat, awesome stuff. Really appreciate it. We'll do this again on Friday, uh, but uh, really, really, really good work and you cleared up some stuff for my dopey brain, so thank you.
3: Ken, I like when the angry uh, angry uh, sports guy calls you. Keep it
0: going. <laughs> yeah, well, well, it, it'll be Dean's bit now. He's the angry sports talk radio caller, uh, and half the time he won't know what he's talking about, which is perfect. So, Pat, thank you so hey, much, tell, brother.
3: So, the Bo- Dean, the Boca Jets in the American Youth Football are looking for a coach. Be glad <laughs> to hire
0: oh, oh, man, that's a great call, actually. Dean Thomas, head football coach. Uh, he would definitely take bribes <laughs> to lose at the youth level. I have no doubt about that. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> Pat, thank you, man. All right.
3: Thanks, guys. Be good. Thanks.
0: Pat Lawler, Lawler & Associates, personal injury attorneys, wanttolawyerup.com, wanttolawyerup.com. Stephen Ross. Pat thinks Stephen Ross is the one who has the most to lose out of all of this. Jeanette, let me read you a, a tweet here, and I just want you to I want to get a feel for how you feel about this. Mark Sheffield tweets, Stephen Ross lives in the gray area, always pushing boundaries, whether in real estate or football. I believe he said what Brian Flores says he said about $100,000, but the way he said it is key. My wife can attest that things I say in jest can be taken the wrong way, but where there's smoke, there's fire. So I, I honestly think, this is me, but this is also a me who has spent the better part of his professional life defending Stephen Ross. I think Stephen Ross was joking about the $100,000. Even more so when uh, Brian Flores says he told me to take a vacation or take a flight. Here's, here's how I think it went down. Here's how I think it went down. Hey, Brian. Hey, 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 we want to get the number one pick. Come on, man. Take a flight. Take a vacation. I'll offer you $100,000 to 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 lose these games coming up. Come on. like That's how I think it came off. Not as smarmy as the way I put it out there, but that's how I think it came off. But do you agree with where the smoke, there's fire, even if it was said in jest, like there's a little bit of seriousness in it?
2: Yes. It's, I think it was a so say serious It's move. out of
0: line to even joke about as an NFL owner.
2: Yes, especially in the position that the Dolphins were. That it could have been taken serious. Yeah. Especially yeah. with a guy like Brian Flores, who's very competitive naturally, who comes from the Patriots organization. Everything's competitive when it comes to him.
0: How would you best describe Steven Ross's Dolphins ownership? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. On Twitter, at KLV1063. That's how you get a hold of the show. It's a Jeanette Javier Wednesday. She's Jeanette. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3.